1: To another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 229. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander.
2: And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer.
1: And I don't know about you guys, I felt a little bit at a loose end this weekend. No Caps games to go to, no USL game to go to, SFU, UBC's season is now kind of... Well, they're away. They, were, they
3: were away. They were, they were but away, but they're now both over. Yeah. Thankfully,
1: the rain went off for a couple of hours on Saturday, and I just said to my wife, is that the rain off? And she's like, yeah. So I was like, okay, see ya, I'm off to a VMSL game. <laughs> just had to get my football fix. It's, it's tough, and now we've got weeks, months before we get to see the Whitecaps back in action. For some people, that might feel like a good thing, though.
2: It sounds like you both missed out on the highlight of the footballing week, which was the Canadian women's national team uh, at BC Place. I I did miss out on that because
1: I was meant to be going over to to the island to commentate on the CCAA final. But some, some things happened. I won't go into all the details. And I couldn't make it over.
3: And I just... I couldn't be arsed basically going to, to BC Place on, on Thursday night. No, I, I was gonna go, but uh scheduling conflicts, I had to take my kid to skating. Um wife had to go somewhere else. And but I watched the game on, on TV and it was a fantastic game. It was a good time. It was so it was, enjoyable. It was enjoyable to watch. And they were attacking. They weren't scared of playing in the US. It was like it's it, it was very good soccer.
1: We're gonna talk white caps. I know it's kinda sad, but we kinda have to do it. They're End of season availability took place this week, and there was some interesting stuff came out of that. Robbo and Bobby Leonarduzzi spoke first. 27 minutes between them they spoke, and we're going to bring you some of that audio tonight, obviously, not the whole 27 minutes, because I don't think anyone wants to sit or listen to that. But we're going to kick off part one with some of the stuff that, that Robbo said and some of the stuff that came out of, of what he said. So before we get into that, let's just right away just play a little bit of audio, some of the stuff that I asked Robbo, and then we'll, we'll come back and, and talk about some of the things he talked about in general. How much turnover are you expecting this off-season?
4: Lots. Um, I think we have to do it. I think we're at a point in time where we're always looking to improve quality. Uh, the league is becoming better and better. We know that the the standard of player coming in is better so we have to evolve Um, it's important you keep hunger freshness um, you know but we've got a nucleus of a really good squad so I will look to probably uh, some of the fringe players on the outside will look to freshen up a little bit Uh, obviously it depends on international slots as well and it depends on what personnel we can find you know it might be in July that we're able to find one or two players which you know I've got my eye on at the moment it might be now in, in January so I have to make, the club have to make some difficult decisions, and we will. And as I said, there's no emotion involved. It's, you know, we're all humans, but we're here to win. It's finding the balance of winning, but doing things correctly. Uh, But just be better squad-wise, be better team-wise, because as I said there, we finished one point short, so we know we need to try and find a point somewhere.
1: What's your Sorry. plans for the off-season? Are you going to do another skating trip down to South America?
4: I am, yes. Um, I'll be going to a number of places, so you probably won't get hold of me now for another three months, which will probably be good for you guys and ladies. Um, and I'll be doing lots of, you know, I know who I want to try and sign now, um, but obviously they're contracted to clubs and they're in situations, so I can't sort of tell you. Uh, but I will be going scouting to probably three or four different countries. Uh, I've got my targets that I want now, um, and if we can add these three, four players to what we've got already, the core group of players, we'll be fine. And if we can hit the ground running and get off to a good start, you know, what do I regret about this year? Maybe picking up one point at the first four games. You know, you asked me about the end of the season. It probably wasn't that. It was the start of the season. I focus on the Champions League, um, getting past Red Bulls and Tigres and... I probably lost track on the first four MLS games and uh, I was okay with it because we achieved a goal. But picking up one point out of the first four games, probably come back to bite us on the backside later in the season, which proved right. So that's what I learned.
1: There's been a lot of bites on the backside this season. (laughs) I think I need to add that to the bingo card. My
3: disappointment on the backside of that little clip was there's no, he's the gaffer. Well, yeah, yeah. I didn't, didn't go with
1: it because it was a short <laughs> clip and we've got a packed show. Yeah, yeah. Trying to fit all this <laughs> into in two hours. Could be tricky tonight, actually. We might have to keep some stuff over. Interesting thing for me there was Robo was talking about how we're all humans. Russell Tibert has also made a comment about how we're all humans.
3: That was and last year, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: starting to think that this is some kind of... Westworld-like conspiracy theory And they're throwing us off the scent That everyone at the Whitecaps is robots We might even be robots and we don't know it
3: You know, the other thing is is um, uh, a, a show that I liked, Community Their mascot was the humans mm. And it was just somebody in a plain bodysuit As Interesting. a human So maybe it's a, th- it's a theme yeah. as a- uh,
1: Are we humans? Or are we dancer? Yeah. I, I believe is a, a popular song amongst the college kids these days Or 30 years ago I don't know regrets on the season Robo mentioned it at the end there I didn't ask him about it but he, he just asked himself the question he likes to do that in during the interviews he he poses himself a lot of questions and then answers them he says his big regret in the season not the way he played in Seattle but the way that they started the season which one point from the first four games prioritizing Champions League to me that is no bad thing at all. I, I don't see why you'd have any regrets from that really.
2: I'm gonna read between the lines again, like we've done in the past. You're good at that. Yeah. Uh the the we've discussed this in the past. You're right. I, I agree with you, Michael. Prioritizing Champions League was the right thing to do. It's the the biggest Opportunity the clubs had the biggest competition they've ever played in. They, they exactly were in the quarterfinals. They made it to the semifinals. Best
1: opponent and some players that we'll probably ever, ever see, see. the a club over a while.
2: Yes, totally. The problem was that they didn't. That the the club as a whole did not do more to get their MLS matches moved. We saw it this year. We've seen it virtually every year when MLS teams are in uh, in the Champions League at that Dallas stage of the season. To manage it. They they make it happen. Whether it's a financial thing, whether it's a relational thing, whatever it is, they didn't do enough to make it happen. And I don't think that is so much on Robbo. Maybe he plays a role, but that's more the football committee. They needed to do more. Greg Kerfoot, we always hear Greg Kerfoot and Jeff Mallet, They sit on committees with MLS. They needed to do whatever it took to get those games changed. Instead, they settled for... A free charter flight from San Jose, San Jose down to Monterey and back. I, 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 I'm not sure if that's factual, but that's things I've heard. When has that like, ever uh, stopped uh, us? No, but ser- seriously, that, 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 yeah. that's, that's what's
1: disappointing about that. For me, reading between the lines, it was more a case of he's looking at how the league table finished and thinking one point, two extra points at the start would have maybe given them the win. Bobby Lenarduzzi talked about it, that they didn't really want to have this home playoff game against San Jose. I don't know why he made them extra money. He got them no, five well, goals. I think he wanted, first win.
3: he wanted to make the point that he'd, they'd rather finish first. Yes, and, yeah, and get, he and did. But
1: my, my regrets on the season is how they approached the Seattle game in terms of not having enough shots. And we, we did that to death last week, but I mean, that's my big regret. But something that both... Robbo and Leonarduzzi both talked about is you can't judge the Whitecaps' season on those Seattle games. I think it's natural, though, for fans to do that because you remember how the season ended. Always. You don't remember how it started or the stuff in the middle. But both Robbo and Leonarduzzi said that the Whitecaps' season should be judged on their body of work. So is that fair? And if that's fair... Was it a successful
2: season? Looking at it season long, I think it's fair to look at the whole season, the season as a whole. Sorry, uh, but we talked about it last week. Yeah, and and with, I, with no silverware, no silverware. Okay, the Champions League semifinal I think was special and is memorable, but they didn't they didn't win anything. And you need to win the Voyagers' Cup. You need to put more into that, and we chose not to. We were intentional about not putting more into that. And that's a huge letdown. And I think it's not great for, especially when it's early in the season, unlike the one year we have won it in 2015 where it was an August final. When it's early in the season, it has the opportunity to propel you forward. I know some people will say in that August one dr- drug us down. I don't fully agree with that. But uh, it has opportunity to, to change the tra- trajectory of your season. And to also be like, yeah, this year we won something. Uh, same thing with the Cascadia Cup. Every So many people felt good about how last year ended. They hated the season as a whole, but it felt really good because they won the Cascadia Cup. They beat Portland. They knocked Portland out of the playoffs. Well, that, that was something Robo said as well, which I
1: initially had in the clip that I played. But the, I cut it out because you can see all this on, on the Caps' website. He basically said that P- Folt looked at that game and finished on a high. And he felt that was an unrealistic view of the season. Yeah. Which is why he was then saying that the Seattle game was an unrealistic view of this season because there had been so much work done before it. And we'll talk a little bit in part two about
2: expectations because Bobby touched on it. But... And that's fair. But it comes back to what you've already said. And people just can't get past the way that they went out to Seattle. That's the big problem. You, You always have a lasting memory of the last
1: game that you saw. And that's why and that's I... why it was a great 4-1 thing. And if we if if it had been a one leg, second leg in Seattle and we'd lost, and we'd gone out. Fort would probably still be on a high cuz they'd remember the 5-0 in San Jose cuz that was the game they attended. Yeah.
2: And that's why I'm thankful for the women's game this week.
3: <laughs> for me it's an overall it is an overall disappointment to the end of the season. But like we talked about last week, do I uh, do I judge it as a successful season? I do, just slightly to the successful side. I'm very much on the border because they did have an improvement in points and standing and everything. Yeah. They, they, the one thing he really wanted to do was shore up the defense. I think he did that this year. It's a, bit, a very solid uh, defensive play. They did improve in their attacking a little bit, but there were games where they just disappeared and had nothing. And that was the problem. The inconsistency in the attacking was the issue, and that comes from the midfield. And I think that was probably overall the biggest disappointment. The midfield just had nothing there, and I don't think he did enough in the off season. He, he tried to do it late in the year with Gazal and Igabor, but it was just a little bit too late for that.
1: Yeah, and if you look at this season, it was the Whitecaps' second-best ever season in MLS. In terms of points and wins and, and everything like that. So so there is that. The, the best ever season was in 2015. Both of them ended very disappointingly with semi-final losses where they, they didn't score, they didn't put up much of a fight and you were left with, ultimately, a disappointing end. That season in 2015 didn't lead to a massive turnover of, of the playing staff. Instead, it actually led to the signing of the core, getting guys like Kendall Waston, Matty Laba, David Oosted on long-term deals. This season, that isn't going to be happening. And you (laughs) had Robo.
3: The core's changed.
1: Yeah. Quite a bit. Well, yeah. In his eyes. We're kind of going to look again later on as to to what I feel that the team is going to get built around. But Robo said there are lots of turnover expected. And he talked about... A lot of the fringe guys that that he's hoping to move on, it's going to be way more than the fringe guys, though. That, that it's getting turned over here.
3: What it is is going to be it's going to be the old starters that used to be regular starters, guys like Harvey, yeah. guys like Oset, obviously, yeah. Bolanos, um, uh, a couple other guys that I'm probably forgetting, Laba, obviously. Oh well, yeah, Laba. Yeah, so those guys, I, I don't call them fringe players, but I call them the old guard, and they're they're going to be moving on. Um, and and the, be, there will be fringe players and, move and, on as and, well.
1: Cole Seiler, Ben McHenry, those yeah, yeah. kind of guys. And the
3: replacements for those guys I just mentioned are almost on the team already. I think the only one is Bola's, not the other. But Osset's got Marinovic. Diong has Harvey. Um, uh, Gazal has Lava's position. So he's kind of replaced those. When he says bring in four core players, I think he means to the top of the lineup he wants to bring four. I think he's gonna. there's going to be a lot more turnover in the bottom of the yeah. ranks. But I think in the... Like I said, uh, I thought they would need two starters and two key backups. And both, all four almost in the attacking roles. So I think I think that's where they're looking at. And then when he says bring in four core players, I think he's meaning in that like 18 to 22 player range.
2: Yeah, I think there are, there are massive changes that are coming. Like significant changes that are coming. Some I think we already know about. Some maybe we don't know about.
1: I think there could be... A- At least one, maybe two surprises. And how fans will react to that is going to be interesting. Never a dull moment. One guy that could come back, might come back, probably won't be coming back, (laughs) Freddie Montero. We've talked about it all season. We've talked about various stuff. Let's hear now from Robbo, Bobby Leonarduzzi, and Montero himself, just about how... The negotiations are going about bringing our star striker back to the team. Freddie Montero's situation: does, Is the club able to bring him in? Do you have the money available to to do what it takes?
4: Yeah, listen, I've got a meeting with Freddie now, so maybe you caught me twenty minutes too early. Uh, you know, we'll sit down with Freddie and his agent. He's contracted to his team in China. We know that he's still got a, a lengthy contract on, on significant money. So, you know, if the Chinese club want him back, then. Obviously, Freddie's going to be going back to China. You know, we don't own Freddie. We loan Freddie for this season. He's done a great job for us scoring 13-odd goals. So it's a conversation I'll have with Freddie and his agent and, and the club over the next few weeks. But if they don't want him back, would you have the funds available to bring him in? Well, it, you know, Freddie's on a, a very good salary at the moment and Freddie and his family will decide what money he's willing to take or not willing to take. So you know, there's a number of factors that go into that. It's not as simple as, would I want Freddie Montero? The addition of
1: Freddie Montero—it's—he was a great addition this year. He's got so many goals. His best ever MLS season. If he wants to come and the club are happy to sell him, is the money there to keep him here?
5: Uh, that's a premature question because we need, we really need to sit down with uh, with uh, Freddy and determine you know, what his uh, desires are and and you know what his status is with the, the Chinese club. There hasn't been a lot of dialogue in that regard, but that's something that. Uh, We'll be able to um, shed a uh, a greater light on within the next two, three, four weeks.
6: Freddie, do you want to come back next season?
7: Yes, I mean I have a good time here. Yeah, for sure.
5: Freddie, what's the more likely destination for you though, Vancouver or China?
7: Uh, honestly, China, because I still have one more year of contract with them. So that's the only thing that I have for sure now. Do you willing to? take less money to come here i mean there's all all these things in the air that we're asking about money but uh, but like in your future
5: but what like how much do you want to come back here and what would you be willing to do to make that possible
7: um what i have learned about soccer it's uh you need to take your chances when you have it because it's difficult as a player to have the team that you want to play the money that you want to earn and being an important part of, of the team you know and uh for me it's to to continue here, it it has to depends on the, both teams. I I do want to keep going with Vancouver Whitecaps. However, they, there is one part of the team in China that have to be done by them, and the other part by MLS as well. So I'm kind of in the middle of the negotiation if they have to go through, you know.
1: So some very interesting things there. First thing we have to look about.
2: Bobby saying it was premature to to ask that question. How? It's the end of the season. Yeah. It's not. It's not premature. It's not a premature question. These are things that these to to come off sounding like eh, we'll see how that plays out. No, they already know. They already have a pulse on what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. Right. Part of this, you go back to the 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 loan signing. Is there is there an option to buy? No. Well, that's the first time I think we've ever had a loan or given yep. a loan without an option to buy. It, it was the, Why the, is one that? of the very first
1: questions I asked, yeah. and I was told, we, we own they, his rights. They that, know. That's, that was the, the fudgy answer that we
2: got. It may not have played out, but they definitely know where it's at. And yes. they and they, know, and they definitely know 95% which direction it's going. Okay, let's play devil's
1: advocate. Mm. Let's just pretend Get that, behind me, Satan. that neither Freddie or the club have had any discussions about his future. Why would you not have had some discussions? Surely you would have reached out to the Chinese
2: club <clears throat> let me, or let, made some feelers or or well, something. Well, let me ask you a question, Michael. When is the last time that the the Vancouver Whitecaps had a player score a whole bunch of goals and then they chose not to talk to him? How did that go? Mm, I believe
1: it was a little Brazilian guy. Kit Cami sucks. something. I think exactly, yeah. exactly. Magic. Wait, where, I mean, where's he now? He's Mexico, just... living large, ah. making millions. Well, there you go. So it, it worked out good for him. Freddie's base salary is one point four million. At least that—that's what's on the books. His guaranteed compensation one point eight million. Yeah. but that, that, that Vancouver's paying. Yes. The the question that was asked there was, "What would you do to to make it?" possible to to come back here someone's paying it
3: yeah for sure so he's not gonna go without the money a footballer's life
1: to earn money is a a limited one why would he give up the chance to earn a bigger salary just to come to to be in this part of the world is a quality of life in vancouver worth more to him having a long-term financial future did he not It's just... only
3: one year though it's not like he's giving up multiple years it's one year that he's giving up but who now, knows what his future now, might be now, now after I'm, that? I'm not saying that he's going to do it and i'm not saying that people like a lot of people do this but some people do choose to live in a better place in a better part of the world and give up money yes okay. it has happened who who me who. I'm not going to give examples because I don't know right now off the top of my head. Uh, me, I guess? I was going to say, yeah. the only
2: one I can think oh, of. Well,
3: if you want to say that, I, I I have options to work in, a, in more money, but then I'd be working 40, 50 hours a week, and I don't want to do that. That's not my lifestyle. So I choose to work in a place that maybe I'll make less money, but I have a better lifestyle. The only but there are there are there are there are hockey players that do that. There are football players that do that. There's other other sports. Um, the, every other sport, yeah. somebody will take less money to go to a place either to have a better chance of winning a championship, live in a place yeah. where it's it's more like it's closer to home, it's closer to family. It happens. Well look at should do those this.
2: sports you mentioned though. Uh, are only played in certain parts of the world. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to say very
3: Vardy at Leicester.
2: He
1: chose to stay with that club, whereas he could have got a big money deal and gone to Arsenal. Yeah, but he's still getting like a, a he's still getting money. a good deal. The only the only
2: person I can think of in the footballing world that's local for us is uh what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Mike Mike Salmon. He was the keeper coach at Arsenal and chose to yeah. come to Vancouver for quality of yeah. life. And I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I don't didn't ask him details on the. I'm pa- sorry the if I'm, side
3: i if I have a choice if, if like say for example I've made a ton of money I've made a ton of money my family's set up and it's only one year if i if I have a choice to give up a little bit of money I'm not saying give up all like go half I'm not saying go fifty percent but if I'm willing to give up some money I would do that that's so, the
2: thing though Steve, that, Steve the reports are less than half
3: that i wouldn't i wouldn't expect him to come back yeah. for that yeah. yeah
2: that i would not if
3: that reports are what those reports are then no Well,
2: robo's
1: comments there were very interesting because he had basically said well it's up to freddie and his family as to what they want to take Which again if you want to read between the lines is like, we're not going to offer him what he's wanting it's up to him if he wants to do that why should he show loyalty to
3: a club and a league that you know in a split second um, they'll ship yeah. you out he- no, uh, no, I, I agree. If he, if it's less than half, then no way do I yeah. come back. And no way do I do give up half my money. But if it's a partial sum, if it's 10, 20,
2: 30, 20% maybe at the most, then I would do that. But I
3: wouldn't do any more than that.
2: So, he, you, you, so heard, you heard there in the audio, he, he basically said it's a limited opportunity in football where you get to play where you're paid what you think you're worth and – and the situation is right. And, yes. And, you know, opportunity all that. And he basically, you know, you you can't, you can't blame him for wanting to make the most money for his family. Oh, for sure. Oh,
3: yeah. No, and, if he chooses to go to China, I have no blame for him. Yeah. But you're saying that nobody ever does this. Nobody does this. I, and I think that some people might. Now, let's just finish this part with two very
1: quick questions. And I, I just want quick answers so we don't go oh, perfect. too I'll much overrun. I'll go first. First of all. Is it weird, like t- to get Montero? The Caps gave up future Gam, future Tam, twenty eighteen Gam and Tam. Is it weird to give up money for a player that you might not have the year that you've just given that allocation money up in?
3: Yeah, I would say it. It was uh, because Gam and Tam, whatever whatever they gave up, expires. I would say it is worth it. Um, it all depends on how much they have and we don't know ever. Well, yeah. That, so, the, that's
8: and <laughs> so that's the
1: thing. We're never going to know. You don't know so, how much more we've got because so, we, we have earned GAM and stuff. Uh, because from, of the Champions League. Yeah, and because of how the, far we went in the, the playoffs. Yeah,
3: so so I I
2: say it is worth it and um because of the season he had. We live in a culture of instant gratification. Yeah, I, I, think, if, I think the people making the decisions on this Felt it was absolu- absolutely worth it. You, you, you need to do well. I mean, the, yes. the example I think mostly about this is doing something crazy and, and hoping it pays off is Caleb Porter in 2015. He mid-season paid $5 million for, what's his name? Uh, Eddie? No, Mello, uh the winger guy. Esprila? Uh, no, I can't remember his name now. This is killing me. Maddox? No, he's, I think, Argentine. He was awful. Anyways that year they won that made the playoffs and they won the cup mm-hmm. and he scored he scored one of the goals against Dallas one of the crazy goals against Dallas but it was at the time people were like why are you paying 5 million for this guy who people don't know yeah i mean the
1: other thing is we could have given up garment time next year that stops us spending money on a player that then we don't have a good year but as Steve said, and as Zach said, instant gratification. And, that's all that really and remember 20, matters.
3: 2019, he is. He'll be on a free transfer. Yes, and he will have his rights, MLS rights, and he loves it here. Yeah. You
1: heard that. So quick, yes or no?
3: Are you expecting to see Montero no. back as a white cap next season? I switch. I switched from my in and outs. I'm. I'm saying he's out now. Yeah,
1: Zach. Oh yeah, he's out. Yeah, I. D- I don't expect to see him back. So we wish you well. Thank you for your service, Freddie. We'll probably find some other nationality for, for Zach to, to call a player next season. But we'll be back with more chat and some of the stuff from Bob leonard Doozy after this.
4: Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's a lot of folk not happy, I, I guess, with how the, the Whitecaps season panned out. Gorillas there, Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad and the ugly. I think we we saw a lot of that from the Whitecaps this season. We've got a lot of that we, in the show tonight. You so.
3: got a lot of that at the yeah. post-season post interviews. <laughs> yes.
1: There's 27 minutes. Yeah. Oh, that I was, I was a long, long day. I actually missed the, the press conference for the US-Canadian Women's National Team because I was waiting for Timmy Parker. So I got to speak to Timmy. He will be coming up later in the show. Very interesting chat I had with him as well. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. Head from Robbo in the first part. Going to hear a little bit from Bobby Leonard Ducey now, and then just talk about some of the things that that Bobby that came out of what Bobby said that we're going to play for you and some other stuff as well. So let's just hear some of the things that Bobby had to say on Tuesday. Like looking back at the season now then, Bobby, what's your overriding feeling? Did the, did you exceed expectations or was it not quite what you were hoping for in the end?
5: Well, I, I cast my, my mind back to this time last year and uh, we hadn't made the playoffs. And that was very disappointing given the fact that uh, in terms of the evolution of the club that we had had managed to get a little bit better every season so that was a huge step back and our objective was to make sure we got back to the playoffs and given the fact that uh, we did that and we uh, were playing for the the conference championship on the last game of the season um, that was a bit clouded simply because of the fact we could have actually um, wrapped that up sooner but we didn't so there was uh, a negativity that that crept in um, towards the end of the season and that's understandable. So, but the fact that um, we got ourselves to the playoffs, the fact that uh, we had a, a home playoff game, which we probably would have preferred not to have had, but we had it, and we got the job done against them, and then in over two games against Seattle, um, you know, right up to fifty-five minutes, in spite of the fact that um, there wasn't a lot of uh, attack, uh, it was still a game, and it took a, a, a moment of brilliance from Dempsey to to get their noses in front. So overall, I would say we got ourselves back to where we wanted to be uh, in terms of in the playoffs. Um, we got ourselves a playoff win. That monkey's off our back. And uh, But now what, what we need to do is we need to, um, which we already have done, assess the squad, look at what uh, the um, upgrades could be to ensure that we give ourselves a chance to not just get to the Conference semifinals for two out of the last three years, but actually get beyond that, and ideally the championship game.
1: What does this club need to do then to get to that next level to compete regularly with the likes of Seattle and Toronto and get to finals and MLS Cups?
5: Uh, well, I think it's it's the it's the players that we will be looking to uh, to bring on board um, to join the the core of the squad we've got. One of the things that I, I I felt that our staff did a great job of last year was making mid-season additions and not having the, the performance dip. Quite often when you bring in players in the July window, uh, there's an issue with, with um, players' minutes and, and how, many have they, how many games have they played. And in our case, you know, we got uh, Marinovic, uh, we got Gazal, both came in and, and certainly in the case of Marinovic, hit the ground running. Gazal got better and better. And then we signed Nosa right near the end of the transfer window, who was not fit when he came in. Um, but after the, the three games that he played, I think we're feeling like you know this guy could be um, a solid midfield. Well, I think he will be a solid midfield uh, midfielder in this league. So we've we've actually set it up so that I think there's a handful of positions that we need to um, address, and if we can do that, then I think we'll be not just getting to the conference semifinals, but ideally getting to the finals and beyond that. So,
1: Bob Leonard, you see there, some of the stuff that he said in the post-season presser on Tuesday. So, we want to talk about a a couple of the things just now. Now, he talked about meeting the expectations because the the expectations were the playoffs. How long are fans going to be happy just to put up with that? What's the point if there's not more ambition to to go and and watch the team over the course of a season if you're just happy to make the playoffs are fan's going to still want to go along
3: oh you well you're definitely not going to have the casual fans uh that's for sure um the like you can see in other uh teams in this city this is a bandwagon city and um the majority of people that come to the well I don't know majority but a lot of people that come to these games are just coming out because of the atmosphere that they everybody advertises um, they, they want to they be want part to see of the. Zach they want to be part a of the, Yeah. Well, Zachaback's head, back of Zach's head. Um, it's, the, it's the best part of yeah. him. Uh, but that's essentially. So I, I, say, I, I, think right now that they're okay. But um, I agree with you that if it keeps going on for like five years or whatever, it will there will be a drop off. And we saw a little bit of a drop off this year, but um, people obviously came out for the San Jose and Seattle games by the end of the year and they sold out. So that's interesting. Uh,
2: I I think the, and again, this is something we've talked about in the past. I think the difference is when you approach things as a football business, as opposed to a football club, a community, uh, the difference is you're always just trying to sell tickets. You're always just trying to get people in and hope they come back, um, because of your marketing, because of the quality of play, because of the results. But when you build a community, when you build people that like, like love the club, love the team want to be there no matter what uh you're not you're not stuck worrying about that as much yeah and and that has not happened at the level it, I, I think it could have in the MLS era And well, that's one of the one of the I think the biggest regrets of kind of the trajectory of the of, of the club well, as a whole
3: they need to do, they need to work on that because like I said the casuals will leave oh yeah and so you have to have a strong relationship with the people that are coming out every game no matter what, like you put out a poll Um, And I'm assuming, like, you have the results for that right now? Yep.
1: It only went out late tonight, so it's only been up for four hours. Got 140 votes. Not bad for for four hours voting on a Sunday night. I posed the question, how long do you keep attending or caring about the club if all they do is make the playoffs and then go out right away? 61% said, forever, they're my team. That's the supporters. That's heartening. Yeah. To be fair, most of the folk that follow me are going to be kind of the supporters, so they're more the hardcore. 21% 21% though said, what would be the point?
3: Yeah, that's the casual.
1: Or what would be the point?" No, as not, I actually put it, not, because it's all about bridges. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Talking there. about building bridges. Yeah, 19% said they'd only put up with that for a few more seasons, yeah. few more seasons. Yeah. then they would I, kind of have to, to take a call. I think that's
3: the middling supporters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying in general. Yeah. Obviously, there are people here and there that are no. in every level.
1: But I, I got some really interesting tweets coming out of it so I'll, I'll quickly go through some of them. Mm-hmm. Aiden, Aiden Rantoul says he would still attend and care regardless of results on the pitch because support is always which is a a message I think Zach would agree with. Yeah, a slam slam or some original. Jason Ratigan Khan on Twitter says my support is not contingent on winning. I was there for the 79, 88 to 91, 2006 and 2008 championships. I know what we can become. I was, I was here for the 2008, so I'm happy with that. Listen to the 2006 one on the radio in Glenrothes in Scotland. My dad was at the parade in we, 79. We watched yes. the, the
2: Shark Club 2006 and then yeah, I was there 2008. That was fun. Brandon Timko, Timko 912 em- Employee of the club. Yeah, I, I, I guess we <laughs> should point that out.
1: He says, I don't mean to be rude, and I certainly understand frustrations, but look at Chicago Cubs fans as an example. It's about how meaningful it is when you win. Those who stick by by tough times are those who deserve to savour it.
2: So those who are around in 100 years...
1: Yeah, maybe Chicago Cubs was a bad example that he used there, but I did, I, oh, I, I totally get where he's coming from. He, but the, he, the elation
3: in Chicago when they yes. actually won was like out of this world. Well, but we don't want to, I don't want to experience that much elation. I'd rather experience a little yeah. bit of elation every five, three, as four an East Five fan,
1: we don't win much. Our most successful period in Scottish football was 1938, 1938 to yeah. 1953. That's, that's 54. The one. Remember it well. I've not had much success since then. So whenever you do get success, I do agree with Brandon, it it means more if you're a small club. The problem is, in MLS, there's not really small clubs because everyone's meant to be on the same level playing field. We know they're not, but it's meant to be any club can do it. Colorado showed last season, you can turn the season around and and have a great season. Or then turn it
2: back and be awful. Yeah.
1: Chris Nichols says, not only will they deserve to savour it, they will savor it the most. So uh, that is true. El Canico, fair play to everyone who support regardless. But the front office has taken advantage of support by fielding a mediocre team, knowing supporters will always return. Supporters should show undying loyalty only when club management are ambitious and competent. This front office has shown they're neither.
2: Did you, did you like a re- retweet that or...?
1: I'd liked all these because it's oh. easier for me to find when I'm trying to read these out. Okay. I also love this extra character limit on Twitter. Now we're getting fantastic responses. Uh, Ken Funk, Kunky Fen, he says the team is wanting to team a team wanting to win is more important than results outright. Hmm. If the Caps got to the Cup final but lost, I'd still be mad about the way they played. Scared against Seattle, winning it all might justify it, but they still need to want to score, want to win. And I can get how some folk would watch a game and think, they didn't play
2: that as if they wanted to win. They wanted to try and scrape through. So the difference in that philosoph- in, over that philosophy of what happened in the Seattle games is whether or not you think the squad in the form it was in was good enough to go out at Seattle in either leg, or whether, you, whether it just... You Know Seattle was better, and the only way we could win was by you know taking the approach that was taken,
3: yeah. But uh, and getting back to what uh, Bobby said also on the thing, he mentioned like mid season acquisitions about how they help you know the club and everything. Um, obviously, they've been scared of doing that in the past, they've always complained, they've said no, no, because a few yeah. guys didn't work out Jarju, Rob, uh,
2: uh who was it else, Robson, Robson, that's but it. that that was. There was more behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, more behind that. One was the guy- Nothing I wrong, just, me, me body Nothing uh, wrong you, with Barry Robson. Jar- if, if you just take time to talk to him, yeah, was, treat him with respect, he he'll was be fine. wonderful with me. And if, yes. as long as
3: you explain to him what turf means in North yep. America, he should be fine. Um, but what what did you- and, and Robbo talked about, like, you know, he, possibly earlier, he talked about maybe getting some of his targets in the in yeah. the, uh, summer try. What do you guys think about this going back to picking up people in the summer? Is is that the way it should be going or- should they? Should we get kind of get excited over that? Well, you, you look at the guys... You get better that, players in the summer. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: You, you look at the guys that were brought in this year. Marunovic, now a starter. Noza and Ali Gazal, now starters. All mid-season acquisitions. If you go back to last year, they brought David Edgar in mid-season. Took him a little bit of time to find his feet, as with Noza, we're trying to get fit. But the fact that both Robbo and Bobble I'm going to start calling them Robbo and Bobble. Oh, please don't. Yeah, it's great. Robbo and Bobble, It's like a cartoon. It's like the Pixie and Dixie, and then I don't know who would be Mister Jinx. We'll put that out to the listeners. As, as who as long would as be Mister Jinx? As long I'm as sure you call that to their face. Watch that too. As long as you call them that to their face. Yeah, I'll call. I'll call Robbo and Bobble. I want to see that. Okay. Well, everyone says Robbo, so so Bobble. Yeah. Anyway, they both mentioned about acquisitions in the summer. So it it does kind of point that we may not get a lot of excitement this off season and some of their bigger targets might be coming in maybe from European leagues this summer.
2: A, a couple of interesting things. I, I agree with you Steve uh, that uh for for people who love the Whitecaps this is an encouraging sign yeah. that they're finally uh not going to follow this mantra of no we're not going to bring players in mid-season because it takes some time to settle because yeah, there are of course. There's both. There's both ends of the spectrum on that. We've seen players fail miserably. You mentioned some, and we've seen some players who've done well, both in Vancouver and around the league. Yeah. So it's good to see that they're not. They've dropped. They had literally had like a, an internal policy of we're not doing this again, uh, and they've they've fully dropped that. The other and thing, it's worked for other teams. Totally. So I mean, I- totally. Ladero is the yeah. you know, one of the biggest examples. Milano was the guy I was trying to think of before, who was the guy they, they Portland spent five million dollars because if they hadn't made the playoffs, Porter would have been out on on the street. Um The other thing that was is, is really interesting is the going ro- Robo going three or four places this summer or this sorry, this summer, this off season to look for new players. I don't know if anyone remembers, last year he went to three or four or more places and didn't bring anyone back at all. It wasn't until way later that the players came. He brought the yes. Sowing the seeds. That was way after. I don't think that was on one of his trips.
3: Oh, well, he might have uh, sown the seeds, like you yeah. just said. Um, I, don't, during that I don't think
2: so.
1: I don't know. It, it's good to sow the seeds. It's good to, to put your feelers out. A lot of people can sign in January. Pre-contracts as well So I mean There's that kind of stuff to do So we'll see what happens with that Now We have to play this Other little bit of audio From Bobble It It's had a lot of airplay Um, There was two questions Asked at the end of Bobble's chat On On Tuesday One was from our good friend Harjit Jahal And The one before it I think it was Jay Janow That asked I can't remember But we'll hear it now But Very terse answers on both of them from Bobby so let's let's just hear this from from
5: Bobble a couple weeks ago it just came out of left field and you and I talked about this off camera about ownership Mm -hmm. about this about this franchise possibly being for sale there was another thing that was floated I saw last night about the fact that this team is hemorrhaging losing millions of dollars can you please set the record straight for everybody out there about the stability of this franchise and also about ownership yeah it, it, it makes me uh, it makes me chuckle because uh, we could not have a, a, a better group of owners committed to this league both uh, Greg Kerfoot and Jeff Mallet are on uh, numerous committees at the league uh, whenever I speak with the other owners around the league the uh, um, the respect that they have for both Jeff and, and Greg is clear um, they're committed Jeff I'm not sure how many times we need to repeat it. I thought Jeff was pretty clear uh, a week or so ago when he spoke to, uh, um, I can't remember which reporter it was, but he was pretty clear that, uh, that they, were, they were in it for the long haul. So, yeah, and, and what happens is somebody throws out a comment, and it's gospel. Well, man, that's, that's unfortunate, really, and, but that's the era that we live in. I've said it. Jeff Mallett has said it. Don't ask anymore.
9: Bobby? Carl Robinson's job security, will he be back? His his assistance, what
5: about them? Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're asking that question? Yes. About next season? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were joking. Um, why wouldn't he be back? There's no doubt about uh, Carl Robinson. He will be back, and there's never been any thought that he wouldn't be.
3: The big question is, like, what minute was that? That uh, that question asked because obviously he was having uh, it was kind of tense there. Yeah, the, the first
1: the first question from Jude Janner was asked nine minutes into his ten minute scrum. Yeah, the second question from Har was asked in the tenth minute of, okay. the, of the ten minute scrum, which altogether, the two of them had talked for twenty seven minutes combined. Yeah, and but right before I say anything, what what was, what was your initial thoughts when you first heard that, and what do you feel now about that?
3: I've never really seen Bobby rattled like that. Yeah, I thought he I thought he went a little overboard on um the way he reacted. Um but obviously like I said, uh maybe did did he talk about Robbo in his job next year earlier in the interview yeah, or that,
4: Well,
1: that that was the thing. Right? Oh. he came and he spoke to Har and myself after the event. Oh, okay. And he he basically explained he was genuinely caught by surprise by Har's question. Because it was in the 27th minute of the two of them talking about what was going to happen next season and their plans. And it had been very clear by that point that Robbo was coming back. So to ask that question at that stage, he just found baffling. And I, I totally get that. At the same time, though... He still got can't respond like that. Well... To feign surprise that that's even a question is what I find surprising because it's what the fans wanted to know. Har was totally in her right to ask that question. She was been better to ask it at the start of the scrum. I I genuinely feel that. And I I said that to her afterwards as well. But the fans have asked that. It's been all over social media. It's been the chat the internet and the forums. It's like...
2: Which, which he knows, which yeah. they know.
1: So it, it shouldn't be a surprise that someone asks that.
3: Yeah, the th- thing is, like, if I like, obviously, he, I, th- I have a feeling the previous question d- the rattled him more actually, because yes. that that has been asked. That, that's actually questioning the whole organization, the club, and everything, and the ownership. So that's questioning and the whole. It thing. had been made
1: clear. He was quite right to say. Luke, don't ask anymore I, yeah it's been ex-
3: everyone's so, saying it's not happening it's so nonsense the hard question as Is a it? F- the hard question as a follow-up that I think that just put him yeah. over the edge I think he was almost like at the edge after answering that question
1: it was so funny though because after he answered Har's question we just all kind of stopped and looked at each other and that was the end of it because it was just so awkward it's like I don't know. Should I ask him about chocolate digestives just to, to lighten the mood? Maybe I should have. That would have been fantastic. Or his favorite season. But that got a lot of airplay on TV and radio, and a lot of criticism, criticism of Bobble. And it's it's something that we haven't seen a lot of in the media here. His
2: his response was poor. It, it was it was poor the way he handled those questions uh, in a in a climate where there's very limited media coverage you need to be open to them asking all questions especially questions that you know people are talking about on social media you that you know that he knows that and if he doesn't know it from firsthand ex- experience his his people are telling him that this is what the chatter is yeah so it it, it looked it looked really poor um, we know though that Bobby is is virtually untouchable. This special relationship he has with Kerfoot. Again, go go read his autobiography. He talks about it there. This special relationship he has. Um, what he did 30, 40 years ago as a player, um, and you know the other contributions he's made. But uh, he, make he, make make him untouchable. He is a legend in Vancouver Whitecaps history and Canadian
1: football. Like for for all you think of him in the front office capacity, you cannot get away that he is a footballing legend. And that makes him untouchable. No. It shouldn't. It, it, but, I'm, I'm
2: not saying it shouldn't. Yeah. It, I'm just saying it does. Well, he's not untouchable. I touched him. He shook my hand. <laughs> there we go. Well, I mean, we. we I mean, as supporters, we've see, we've seen yeah. we've seen this side of him before. So it's. I mean, it's not surprising to to any of us. But well, let, let's just end the section then
1: with. Obviously, this could be a whole section in itself, I and mean, it's something we're going to talk about in future shows. Yeah, but for sure. What would you like to see? Just in the initial few next couple of weeks. From the club from the front office, what are you ideally hoping to see to send you into the new year in a good mood?
3: Um, I want to see them make decisive decisions on who they want to uh, keep or basically want, want them to see who they're going to let go that I do want to see that because I want to see because by seeing who they want to let go, I'll know who they, who they're looking to bring in and um, certain players that I would like to see and certain players who I would like to see upgrades on that's that, that would be the reason.
1: It would kind of set the tone of, of yeah. how, how next year might look.
2: Yeah. yeah. But what's the date on that? Is It's November twenty eighth. Twenty seventh. Yeah. Twenty seventh or eighth? Yeah, I think it's the eighth. So I, I, so I would be surprised to hear too much before then about the about most of the most of the players. What do I? What do we want to hear? I, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think you're going to hear anything good other than player uh, players going. Yeah. Maybe coming. Maybe. R- but but mostly, they're going to, you know, in the build-up to the holiday season, they're going to try and have some feel-good stories. So whether that's last week you spoke about the the your feelings of, of the highly likely signing of like a, of a David Norman. You know, something like that. I, I think we'll see some or other young players or maybe WFC2 players or whatever.
1: Yeah, and but, a big feature on how he's always worked to play for the club. Yes, he's been yeah, with them since totally. he was eight. His father. But, but his you're, father, but you're yeah.
2: also going to have, remember, we're going to have some... Even though it's known, some seemingly negative stuff because once the USL season's over, yes. that will go out, right? So they're. they're uh, uh, again, that, they'll try and put a positive spin on oh, that, yeah. which
1: might be difficult because some of the players have already moved on. If New Zealand can beat Peru, then they announced the Meyer, Bevin, and Declan Wynn signings, yeah.
3: and I get yeah, more positive uh, news. Now, remember, most leagues in North America do not like uh, teams in their. Uh, basically, other teams making a major announcements. Until yes, the, the finals play. Well,
1: that that is the thing with USL. So, the coaching and stuff haven't like, been allowed yeah. to officially say stuff because so, USL won't. Still a season,
3: yeah. So so basically, um, so don't expect two major announcements, but probably hear a little bit here and there. I, I'd like just to see some
1: optimistic news, something positive, just to put a little bit
2: of a spring in our step. Unless they go to Anthony Precourt. Route and, oh for and, sure And go quote unquote rogue and, That's major Yeah I, I before, want
1: us, Before their season ended yeah. Forget the, the season. Over the next couple of weeks I want us to kind of have A state of the MLS discussion And that's I want us to have a big chat about that Maybe get some folk yeah. from Columbus On, I, on the phone Because uh, The more that comes out Every single day Something else Underhand and shady Comes out in that And it's just Yeah
2: What, what do you want to see happen You'd love to see these things Who's coming in Who's yep. going But you're, I don't think you're going to for no. the, Not for two or three weeks Although we do know some folk that are going,
0: and we'll be touching on that after this.
2: Hey, it's Marco Bustos.
10: You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
8: Don't I,
1: I love again. the monkeys uh, last year my, my wife actually wanted <laughs> to know like what I wanted for christmas I got to get me the the two DVDs of season one, season two of The monkeys. Oh, can
3: I borrow them? Because that was like one of my favorite shows growing up. Because yeah. basically, I never got to obviously watch the first run, but when Much Music came on, I think in the early 80s or mid-80s, whenever they, when they came on, they started playing all those episodes back yeah. to back to back to back and I got to watch all of them. Uh, super. Pear, but, the monkeys I, does, and Erica M, if anybody watched a bunch of music back in the day. Oh, those were the two things.
1: Bizarrely, and you don't actually know this, this is complete coincidence, I actually have the best of the monkeys in my car, and okay. that's what I was listening to as I drove in here oh, tonight. Oh, okay,
3: uh, Yeah, and uh, today, uh, well, not today, now, but November 12th, yesterday, now, uh, was uh, the 51st anniversary, 1966, when they released their debut album. And this was, the, I believe, Last Train was their first number one hit. Got to see them last year at the p Minus Stevie Jones.
1: Yeah. Well, minus Mike Naismith as well. Oh, it, was it was just Peter Tork and, <laughs> okay. and Mickey Dolans. But, yeah, that was fine. But, yeah, great band. Last train to Clarksville. Yeah. Someone else that's probably getting the last train out of Vancouver. Yeah. We don't know where, where the destination is. Could be Clarksville. I don't know. Maybe if someone's looking to move an MLS team to Clarksville. But we'll keep that posted. But David Ousted. We've talked about it for weeks. We've talked about it for months. We knew the writing was on the wall, partly when Stefan Marinovich was signed, but we had been told in the summer that he had been asked to take a pay cut. He confirmed that at the, the post-game press conference, that he will not be back. He was asked to take a pay cut in June and, and he turned that down. Now, the the video for this has not been put up on the Whitecaps site. Everybody else that spoke, including Jordan Harvey, whose future's up in the air, all those videos went up on the site. David Eysted wasn't, so I'm playing you the whole thing. It's about six, six and a half minutes, so it's lengthy, but there's a lot of good stuff in it from him, talking about memories and also him leaving. So we'll talk about some of that after we hear from the Great Dane. Can we
5: just get right
0: to it? Will we be back next year?
6: I will not. No, the the manager and the club uh, told me in, in June that they weren't going to pick up my option. Um, so obviously I'll have to to, to figure something else out. Um, but uh, but no, I will not.
0: Is it disheartening with all that you've done in this franchise?
6: yeah, I'm disappointed, especially with the last couple of months here. Um, I'm proud of what I've what I've done this year and uh, and the way I played. Uh, obviously, uh didn't get to finish it, which I would have loved, but uh, it is what it is, it's, uh, it's the business part of, of, of this game and uh, it's disappointing, but I've had four and a half great years here and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grateful uh, to, uh, to everyone around and especially the fans of, of how they've taken care of me and the family and uh, made us feel very welcome. Did they give you a reason for not picking up the option? Is it just linked to money? Uh, you'll obviously have to to, to ask them. Uh, I was told back in June, like I said, that they weren't gonna gonna pick it up, and that I had to take a, a pay cut to, to stay here. And uh, um, I don't, I didn't think that was that was fair with, with the way I performed. Um, so, so obviously um, we'll we'll have to, to part ways.
3: How, how has the season been? Do knowing knowing that, and did you once Steph came in, did you sort of see that your role was going to be reduced, lessening as the season wore on?
6: I never thought that way. No, uh, I was I was 100% committed to to performing. Uh, like I say, I wanted nothing more than to, to finish on a high here. And I think 28 games I've I've played this season. I'm I'm very proud of, of, of where I uh, where I helped uh, put the team. Um, and uh, my commitment has, has been to this this organization, this club, through uh, through four and a half years, both on and off the field. So. Um, I never, I never had in my mind that that I was leaving. I wanted to, to fin- finish off properly, and then um, I, I think I did so. You've always embraced life over here. Would you like to stay in North American MLS, or do you think
1: you might head back to Europe?
6: I don't know yet. Uh, I'll take the next couple of weeks here to um, to assess everything. Uh, out of respect to, to to the team, to my teammates, I haven't I haven't discussed this obviously with you guys. Uh, I haven't. Um, said anything to, to anybody and kind of left it at the end of the season because I wanted my focus to, to be here 100%. Uh, so I'll take the next couple of weeks to assess what, what's best for me and the family.
1: When you look back at your time here, you came here to make yourself a better player. Do you feel you're leaving as a better player?
6: I do. I do. I think I've, I've proven the last four and a half years that uh, that I've become a better player. Uh, I am one of the, 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 the best goalkeepers in this league and um, I think I've proven that over the last uh, many seasons. Um and, and um, I've, I've been proud of what I've done here and, and what I've done with this team. David, would you like to join up with your good friend Marius Rolda, goalkeeper coach? He's back in Norway right now, so he's on vacation, so I'll probably have a beer with him uh, when I get back to Denmark. But uh, I know that that's not the plan right now. Me and Marius talk, uh, we're good friends. And, and like I said, in this, in this world, uh, I believe in, in, in keeping your friends. And, and when Marius left, I obviously still talked to him, but it was never... It was, it was never a discussion between uh, me and him to, to join up again. Uh, we'll see in the future if, if that's ever a possibility, but but no, Mary's and I will we'll have a beer, but uh, that, that's about it.
3: When he did leave, um, all the other assistant coaches remained, except obviously for Stewart. Did you sort of see that as, looking back, as that might have been the first step of your pathway out the door?
6: Um, I don't know. I, I was sad to lose Marius uh, because him and I had, had done a, a lot of good up to, to, to that point, and, and he... He's been a big part of, of, of why I've been successful over here as well and then getting me used to everything over here. But um, if, if there was, was any indication of that, you'll, you'll have to ask. Obviously, the coaches around there. Uh, I never thought that way. Again, my focus was was to perform here.
1: When you look back at your time here, what, what are your happiest moments as a Whitecap?
6: Um, there's obviously many. Uh, many uh, and I really have fond memories of, uh, of, of everything here. Uh, winning the Cup... Uh, especially in front of our fans uh, meant a lot and like I said at the beginning the way that the city and these fans have, have taken me and my family and and made us feel welcome has, has honestly uh, been been amazing and I felt that this has become a home away from home I've got two little Canadians as home as well which I have here from Vancouver so this this place will always be special to me always be special to my family and um, We'll we'll definitely come back and, and show the boys uh, where they're from and uh, where where they grew up.
5: David, it sounds very disappointing the way this. Hit. I don't know words the way this all came down to you for a guy who has served as well for this squad as he has.
6: Yeah, uh, I I am disappointed, but I, I won't let that um, diminish all the good years I've had here. Um, that's what I'm going to leave with uh, a, a great feeling of of what I've done here, but also. What this city and and, and what this uh, these fans have given to me, and uh, that that means a lot to me.
0: What do you think about the direction this club is heading? The season <clears> had uh, this year and the way that it ended.
6: Uh, disappointing for everybody the way it ended, but I think the the club has shown this year that it, it's heading in the right direction. Uh, I think um, we we over 34 games, proven that we could be at the top of, of the Western Conference, and unfortunately coming into playoff we, we weren't strong enough to, to take it that a little bit further, uh, but. This club, uh, with with the players that are here, will 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 do fine. What was your relationship like with uh, Stefan when he came in? Stefan's been great. Uh, Stefan's done uh, exactly what he had needed to do. He came in uh, positive. He came in to work, and uh, he, he's done he's done well in there. Um, me and Stefan has has got no problem. Uh, I've been uh, been impressed with the way he's come in, and, uh, and 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 the guy he is. And I think um, Whitecaps are in good hands. Thanks, okay. thanks, thanks
8: guys It's been a pleasure yeah, to It's been a pleasure guys
1: You won't beat David Ousted Well a few times maybe But he, he was had a, a good clean sheet record Interesting stuff there from David Ousted I, w- I was disappointed the Whitecaps didn't put that up in the site Because I felt it deserved to I felt the fans needed to hear what did said. That's why we played that in full for you just now. Now that it's
2: confirmed that he's gone, h- how are you feeling? On, uh, on last week's show, I, I, I said that uh, I really wish he had played out the season. And not from a sentimental perspective, which I often come from, but from I thought it was best for the team. I thought it was best for the, the, the outfield players that he's played with, most of them for... Uh, well, all of them a longer period than than Stefan has, and uh, I, I really think that, that 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 should have that should have gone that way. The off the field stuff, which I'm usually overly critical about, uh, or sorry, some people say I'm overly critical about. You know who you are. A, a skewed opinion. <laughs> skewed. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I actually I don't really I don't feel bad about I I don't feel bad about them not wanting to take his option. Uh, my my understanding is, uh, again, in the past, Merit Paulson has said, don't believe everything you read in the Players' Union uh, salaries. Yeah, Because uh, his his base is 360. Yeah. Although
1: he's obviously not with base anymore. But his, his base salary <laughs> is 360. <laughs> and his guaranteed compensation is basically 379. But I think right. he's been bought down. I think or, he's been yeah. bought down with Tam. Yeah. Or so, Gam or whatever. I don't know. So whatever. his his option... Would yeah. have given him a bigger salary. Even so one w- of the things, Steve, I know that that you maybe take umbrage with, or the question: Define being asked to take a pay cut.
3: Well, I think uh, I, 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 and this is just speculation on my part, but I don't think he's been asked to take a pay cut from this year's salary. To, like, I don't think he's going to make less. He would have made less next year, but he wouldn't have made as much as his whatever his option year was. Like if say for example, we'd
1: heard it might have been about even up to two hundred thousand more.
3: Yeah, so say if say it's like it's uh, say it rounded up to six hundred thousand. Say it's six hundred thousand. Uh, if he is been asked, okay, we'll pay you four hundred thousand. It's still more than what he's on the books for this year, but, but it's a less pay cut, to pay what cut he's from what today. he's expecting. Yeah, so um, I agree that for in that case it's a pay cut, but it's not really a pay cut because he's still making more than what he made this year.
1: I I still don't think in a league like MLS you can afford to pay that money for a goalkeeper. No, you can't. Especially when you've got an international number one that just showed in the game against Peru a couple of days ago with some fantastic saves, just the quality that he's got. And obviously we don't know exactly what Marinovic's salary is going to be next year. Yeah,
3: he got paid less this year because it was halfway through the year.
1: Yeah, and it's tough to know what he's going to... To to come in on, but it's going to be nowhere near what what David was on.
2: But it's likely that is double what he made this year. Uh, Or at uh, least, or minimum, double what he made this year. Oh, for sure. Do you you think it was the right decision to play Stefan, Michael?
1: I'm a bit torn on it, but probably not. I would have stayed with David. He's a goalkeeper, he knows the defenders. I think he earned it. He hasn't had a great last couple of seasons, to be honest. He's had a couple of howlers. But then Marinovic had a howler in Portland, so I mean, every goalkeeper does that. I just felt it was a bit disrespectful to a very loyal servant of the club. I I would have stuck with Iuster all the way through. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, yeah. Same. And it,
1: it, he's disappointed. He said that himself. Yeah. He would have liked to have seen out this season, and he feels a little bit disappointed about not getting to do that. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement yeah. that he should have
3: been the keeper going. Like, because he never, he never the, had a. Moment where he was looked like he wasn't the number one keeper yeah, anymore. Yeah, he and again, so not
2: easy. yeah on mirrors, not on sentiment. Yes, yeah.
1: and he said on Perisilkowski's show on Sportsnet Radio that him and Jordan Harvey both felt a little bit sad that they didn't get to see out what they had started.
3: Yeah, talking jo- of Jordan Harvey, he did get to see it because he got, came did come well, on. he, to the he, second he like. did get to make his two hundredth appearance. <laughs> right back, Jordan uh, Harvey.
1: <laughs> he was asked again, blunt, outright: Are you coming back next year? now he said the balls in their court said he hadn't been asked to take a pay cut but basically the balls in the Whitecaps court they need to come to him with an offer he's a free agent Yeah, he is a players rep for the MLS union yeah. and they fought hard for years to
3: get free agency he now has that I think he's going to look I think he's at least going to get two free agency uh, before he accepts any offer I, unless, he, yeah. unless they come the, in with a double his salary but they're never going to do that no.
2: Everyone talks about the LA clubs for him. Yeah. I think the other option is 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 the Texas clubs, right? His wife yeah. is his wife is a Texan, yeah. a proud Texan. So there there are lots of places I think he would land what would be better and you know, there's family be, wise. There might be
3: three Texas clubs by. Not next <laughs> yeah. year. Not the year after. <laughs> That's right. Harvey
1: also kinda I mean, I, I said you can tell he's better. He's trying to be professional and he is professional, but he's better. Harvey on camera, not so better. Off camera, heard some interesting discussions that he, that he's had with, with certain people. It's safe to say the two of them don't really like how a lot of stuff's been handled by the club. I asked you this for Freddie Montero, so a quick yes or no. Do you do you think Harvey will no, be back? I don't see it. No, he was asked would he want to come back in a secondary role, and then would he want to come back maybe in a player's coach's role, and he's not even thinking of that. And. As to coming back in a secondary role, he's not really sure. He'd have to sit down and think if he wants to do that. I think he still feels he can be a starter, or at least challenging for it. I think he would challenge for it here, but it is hard then to go from being a starter for since twenty eleven to, to now. And you've got another guy that can play left back, and a guy that's on the left wing, and Breck Shea, and we don't know if he's coming back either. So, once all the cameras were off, myself and Har got a chance to, to speak to Breck Shea. So we're going to bring you that in full as well. It's just over three minutes. Just t- to see if he's going to come back. And some, some interesting stuff from Breck. First thing we asked him was, did did he think this was a good season? What was his thoughts off the season for Vancouver?
10: As a team, I mean, we made the playoffs. Uh, unfortunate to, to go out like that. But uh, I think it was a good season overall. We finished better than... I did last year, um, ups and downs, and, and it was fun for me. Great group of guys. I, I really enjoyed um, playing with them and, and hanging out with them off the field, so that really made things easy coming over here.
9: As a designated player on a high wage, do you feel that you've brought enough or there's more for you to offer for the season next year? I
10: think any time you ask a player, you, you, you can bring more, so I feel like I can bring more. I feel like I could have uh, done more this year, but hopefully I'll come back with a better attitude. I mean, like a better mentality and, and hopefully do do more than I did this year.
9: So your first year in Canada, obviously southern boy
6: from Texas. Do you want to come back to Vancouver? Do you, you like it here? Is your family happy here?
10: Yeah, Vancouver is an unbelievable city. Um, obviously I'm not used to the cold, so it's a bit different for me. I'm going to enjoy some sun in the off season, But, uh, no, I, I liked it here. It's a, it's a great city, great team, good, good organization.
0: Do you expect to be back?
10: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't had my meeting yet, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, Obviously, teams make changes, Uh, I'll be happy to come back.
1: Now, in a league like MLS, folk get a little bit hung up on the money side of things, and they see that you're a DP, and do you feel (laughs) that brings extra pressure to you? It's like, because folk, they don't look at, like, what you bring to the team, it's just, oh, he's a designated player, we expect him to do this, we expect him to do that.
10: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think any time in this league especially, people come at those players, and, and just any player. If you've play, played with the national team or you don't, Like the, people tend to, to put extra pressure on them. But I, I don't really put pressure on myself. I, I try and just go out there and, and try and do the best I can each day and, and try and help the team in any way I can. So um, it's not like I'm going out there and half-assing it. You know, I'm, I'm trying my hardest and so I go out there and, and try my best. So. What do you think this team needs to do to, to go to the next level? Uh, I don't know I think um, we were we were close this year. I think there's just things just little things that i mean any team you asked you can you can switch a few things here and there and, and hopefully make that team better. I mean I think towards the end of the season, um, we just missed a few points here and there that would uh maybe let us with more confidence going in the playoffs, but I think overall team team did well. It's just little things in any league to to get you to first or eleventh you know it's just it's small gaps.
1: Did the tweet that Eddie Robinson sent out—I know you spoke a little bit to her about that before—but does that? You don't really respond much on social media, but you did to that about the hat and stuff. Did that really get under uh, your skin a little bit, or? No.
10: Nah, I—I I don't really do much on social media. And someone pointed out to me—I just, I mean, I, I'm not mad at him at all. Like people are allowed their opinions. The media says what they want to say, and I mean, I don't—doesn't bother me. So, I mean people know me I'm just a chill person I go out and so it doesn't really affect me at all but I'm not mad like I said. So.
1: Oh, off the pitch did you get much of a chance to, to explore in the interior do any fishing? stuff like that?
10: Yeah I mean I, I did a few things uh, obviously I mean I went to Whistler I've seen some of the, the beaches and stuff like that and like I said this, this town's a, a pretty place and I uh, enjoyed the summer a lot.
9: What are your off-season plans?
10: I'll be in Florida. Um, Like I said, enjoying the (laughs) sun Uh, now, but visiting with family and and hopefully taking my kids to Disney World and stuff.
1: Rick Shea there. Now, we've asked us about some other guys, so a little bit different. Do you want back? No. Ba- oh. Now, do, do you want <laughs> Shea back next year? No, Not whether I, you think he will be. But do you want him back? Unless
3: he's unless he's it takes a pay cut <laughs> or something Because I don't want him back as a debut. Well, for
1: sure. he's on six twenty five base. Yeah. 670 guaranteed compensation they can yeah. buy him
3: down for sure oh if yeah do you get
1: sponsorship money from base for every time you mention them
2: yeah okay So all about the base about the base about the base no he uh i don't i i don't i don't want him to see him back here i don't i don't think i don't think it's a good fit and yeah he's not a he's it, not a designated player kind of seems to me from what robo said as well that he might be back
3: Nah, I think he's just uh, building he, up his he, uh, building he, up his uh, whatever you call
2: it. Value. value in it he he didn't mention him as one of the exciting players to look forward to next year, did he not? Yes. Yeah.
1: And as Brick himself said there, he hopes to come back with a better attitude, sorry, <laughs> mentality um, <laughs> next season. So anyway, that's all the players that have departed or we think are going to depart, or some of them anyway, not all. Yeah, not all. We're going to be happier times in part four. We're going to look at a player that's going to be here timmy parker and we'll be back with that after this
2: hey it's stevan rinovich and you're listening
10: to the aftn soccer show
1: Yukon Blonde there, I wanna be your man. I've never heard that song, I'm assuming that's kind of how they sing it, I don't uh, know. I
3: don't know, you, well you heard it a little bit there.
1: And there's a lot of fans still do want David Rusted to be be their man between the sticks, and fans will have a chance to, to say goodbye
2: to David. Yeah, the uh, the Vancouver Southsiders are having a ga- gathering this uh, Tuesday evening, I believe that's November 14th, yeah 14th. I think it starts at seven PM uh down at Doolin's. So uh Oh, is it not an American
1: women's national team player that's in there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that that was so blown out of proportion. I know. It's, yeah. There were six American outlaws I think showed up <laughs> at Doolin's. uh anyways. So go and hang out. Go and connect, go and say your farewells. If you're a person who likes to get things signed, this is probably a good chance for you to do that. Uh or you know, get pictures or whatever, shake a hand. Let's move on to happier things.
1: Players that are here to stay. And one of them is good old Timmy Parker. At least I, I'm assuming he's here to stay.
2: <laughs> is, N- he no- any is he getting well, a wage increase? Yeah. He's pretty low.
1: <laughs> N- nothing is certain, but yeah, we've talked about a lot of stuff. And let's play that for you now. So Tim, end of the season, not the way that you would have hoped for it to end, but do, do you look back in it as a season with pride or do you,
0: is this a party that feels it's a missed opportunity?
11: Maybe a little bit of both. You know, I think coming off last year to have the year we did have this year was is something to be proud about. I think because last year was such a bad year, I guess, and then this year was much better. So looking at it back in that way is better, but at the same time, um, we knew we had something special. And I don't think we fully capitalized on it. The partnership that you've got with Kendall, we spoke about it a lot over the course
1: of the year. But it's 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 such a rock of of a partnership. Do, playing with someone like him, you're in your third year now in the league. How have you seen your game in this past year kind of develop playing alongside with him?
11: A lot, you know. I think um, part of it has to do with comfortability of finally being able to kind of form that partnership with him, and then at the same time, it's us just growing and getting to know each other. You wore the armband a couple of
0: times as well. but I know you did that at college, but did it mean a lot to you
1: to, to be given that responsibility by Carl?
11: Yeah, it did. You know, I think um, he did speak to me about it a couple of times just here and there about it just because just uh, it's kind of a respect thing. You know, I think um, people, if they're able to respect you, then they can follow behind you. So I think it was an honour to know that some of the guys in the locker room were able to respect me like that. The season you've had, you've turned a lot of heads. You you were involved previously
1: with the American national team in the camp. Uh, Has anyone reached out to you? Have you you got hopes about being involved this January?
11: Uh, I got hopes. You know, I I was on the preliminary roster for the Portugal game, so I was hoping for that. But um, at the same time, I knew if we would have won in the playoffs, that probably wasn't going to be a possibility. So being that we lost, I still have my hopes up. But, you know, it's just one of those things that you kind of got to wait your time and hopefully... uh, your your actions on the field and off the field can get you on there.
0: The kind of play that the, the US had this year, when, when you're watching that and they did struggle
1: a little bit defensively and I know you you won't want to say anything bad about other defenders but when you see that, do you feel within yourself you've got what it takes you can go and help this team and get that defence better and get them to the next level?
11: Yeah, I hope so now. I hope so now that um, they're trying to bring in a new cycle of guys just by missing the World Cup and everything that I hope um, I'm able to contribute in whatever way that they see
0: me contributing in obviously the coach has moved on but when Bruce was there
1: did he keep tabs on you here did he tell you what you needed to work on to kind of get in his plans
11: no no I never heard um from him specifically but um I've heard from past coaches and stuff like that so I never was able to hear from him now,
1: your game has come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. What do you feel you need to do now, though, to take you personally to the next level?
11: I think just continuing on the path that I kind of had this year. You know, I think um, I've, I've built in strides about playing out of the back and then trying to be a, th- a threat on set pieces. You know, I think it's hard when you have Kendall next to you, but, um, you know, he does he does create a lot of attention, so it gives me some
0: opportunities as well that I should be able to score on. Okay, talk about going forward. Then you seem to be one of the most unluckiest
1: guys in MLS. You had so many close headers this year, free nicked to goal off yeah, which was clearly your goal. Like, did you give him a bit of stick about that?
11: I mean, I think I kind of said it. It was I was like the uh, the king of the almost goal this year. Yeah. You know, I think I had like three or four that were on the line, and other people hit in. So I mean, but to be honest, um, it's good to just get involved on the goal. And you know, I think um, that's something that that. Even though if you don't, your name's not on the score sheet, you know you're still involved in a heavy way. We've
0: done a lot of chats today about what the club needs to do to go forward. Carl's talked about it as well.
1: When you're playing at the back, you see the whole game play out in front of you. From what you've seen this season, how close do you feel this club is to being amongst the elite and the teams that make it to the finals in the MLS Cup? And What does it need to
11: take this club to that next level? I think we have a specific identity here that might not put us alongside other teams, so I think um, we might not never be the team that holds the ball for 60 minutes out of the game, but you know we we try to be dangerous when we can and kind of attack with purpose. So um, in that aspect, I think we're close. You know, I think we're really close. And then obviously on the back end, just defending wise, we take a lot of pride in defending and keeping out goals. So. Um, at times we weren't the best at it, but you know I think we have to look forward to continuing to do that, and then obviously we need to put in the attacking pieces that will help us be successful.
0: What, what's your plans for the off-season now, heading back to New York with the family?
11: Yeah, I'm going to head back to New York, and then um, I'll probably do a bit of travelling in the off-season just along the East Coast, and then I'll be back on the West Coast going to California for a little bit, so it'll be nice.
0: Well, good luck with everything. It's been a pleasure watching this season, Tim, and look forward to seeing you back next year. Yeah. That's great. Thanks so much, man. Thank you.
1: Timmy Parker there and... Timmy time. Interesting way of wording that he feels the Whitecaps have a kind of different philosophy or a a different makeup compared to some other teams. It's a a nice way of saying
3: we don't hold on to the ball, (laughs) we can't possess the ball, but hey, we still win. Yeah, good point. Can't knock it. Now, uh, Tim Parker and Kendall Waston obviously are the main parts of that back line right now. And then you got going up from there, we're assuming Elie Gouzal is the starter, and then possibly Nozo, maybe somebody else comes in. Then you got Yordi, and then whoever plays striker. That seems to be a decent-looking spine, um, if, as long as we figure out what the striker is. Obviously, yeah. Marinovic is behind yeah. uh, the two guys, too. So what are you guys' thoughts on that, and what, what looks for next year? I, I think
1: it's fair to say that Robo likes to build his team from a defensive footing. That's what worked in 2015, Then he kind of opened up a little bit more in 2016 and it all went pear-shaped. So he went back to that this year. So, fair to say he is building this team now around that quartet of Waston Parker, Noza, Gazal, And I think he'll slot in the attacking pieces around that. And as long as he feels comfortable that they're going to block everything in the middle, he's then going to look for wingers and full-backs. That can go up and can defend and have a good defensive part to them,
2: and it's all about those guys. Uh, I I really would not be surprised to see uh, the squad blown up more than people are expecting this off season, and in ways they're not expecting. Uh, I uh, the interesting thing uh, is where do you play? Where do you play, Jordy? Yeah, because in some of those or big do games, you
1: sell him to Peru.
2: Yeah or in some of those big games uh, he, we talked we've talked about how he's gone missing um so it it, it it will be interesting to see if they you know who they bring in at striker because yeah. they're going to bring in multiple people at striker and well,
1: they have to because right now Eric Cartado is lonely. looking like the only striker
3: the lone yeah. survivor Last man standing.
2: So, uh, no, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in as uh, attacking options and what that means for Jordy. And does he stay central? Does he move more outside? Does he, crazy thought, are there actually two strikers with the playmaker behind them? And and he's that secondary striker.
1: Well, that's the thing about Montero, that… We haven't talked about this, really, when we talked about it in the first part, but he doesn't really suit the one-striker formation anyway. So in that way, it's not a massive loss because you need a striker. We touched on it last week. What what did he say to
2: you or did someone ask a question about, oh, do you like playing like this? Yeah, it's like, well, if I have to. If I have to. I scored a bunch of goals. I was a little disappointed you didn't ask Timmy about, uh, more specifically about other people taking credit for his work on the pitch, specifically his goals. I did. I asked him that. I said
1: about... Freddie took one of your goals Did you give him a hard time about that And he didn't answer
3: Now Tim Parker obviously uh, You asked the question About the national team The US national team is it a little too early? Because I, I think that, you know, you asked, did Bruce Arena talk to you? I don't think Bruce Arena had time to talk to Tim Parker because yeah. he was dealing with a whole lot of other stuff. Well, he's still got to make those drippy cartoons. So, yeah. I mean, it,
1: it takes up a lot of his time. <laughs> so,
3: but but I think now, that like you talked about, I think Jeff Cameron's the only guy over 30 that they brought in for yeah. centre-back. I think they're going to bring in certain guys, um, and I think they're going to just rotate them around. But for there, the there's, certain,
2: there's also certain guys centers. who need to be gone Yeah. From that.
3: Well, the only I'm like happy s- to keep them around. Like, well, the, like I said, they only yeah. brought Jeff Cameron um, for the for the next. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Cameron, I think. And it's fine. Was, Omar Gonzalez needs. To- well, yeah. he he was brought back, and then he, like Jeff Cameron wasn't even part of that last qualifying because he was injured and stuff like that.
1: And Parker does hope that he's maybe going to be involved in the January camp. She was in yeah. 2016, yeah. and then didn't have a great season after that. So let's hope he's not involved in 2018 in that regard and has a P- bad season. Yeah. Because but-
2: you're superstitious.
1: No, because I think it disrupts preseason uh, preparation. Touche. You could also be looking though that in in the future you've got Jake Nowinski, Tim Parker as a a half of this back four, is, or is that really is, thinking too far ahead for Nowinski? Uh, Yedlin, Yedlin. I am putting too
3: much on
8: him.
1: No,
3: no, D- D- DeAndre Yedlin is still a, uh, in their plans, and I think yeah, that's true. Uh, so I think he's got a lot of people to bypass in order to do that. He plays so in England. I know. Wow.
2: Um, no no one has said this talking about Jake. No one's talked about the possibility of a sophomore slump. Oh, for sure. No. That,
3: that's why they need to bring in a solid yeah. backup. Oh,
2: yeah. Because you talk that that's what happened with Timmy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I guess. Not you. as worse as some other people. Not as bad as some other people, but
3: Flash Five.
2: <laughs> oh. Ho, ho. Steve has surprised us here. This is better than that. Five to one.
3: Yeah, the Claxon is dead, long live the Claxon! Oh um, so, be happy. Um so we long do have a quick flash five because we are so, this is considering the white cap, so you want to be in this. Um <laughs> this is a quick flash five because we don't have that much time, but this is best goals of the year. Oh. There's a lot of research into this, my opinion, not anybody else's, but you guys can definitely clack in. Um claxon. I mean I to <laughs> <laughs> chime in. Um audible mentions, first of all, Andrew Jacobs from The Volley versus the Impact. Oh, Two oh nice. Two to one, that very nice one. Yordi um, Reyna versus Minnesota in that 3-0 when, when Jong, um uh oh, put yeah. that uh, ball over the top, and he had a superb touch, like one touch, and then fired it past uh, the The touch is what made that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, well, the long ball was very right on the spot, too. Um, but number five, Christian Tichera, goal versus uh, Sporting, May 20th in the 2-0 win. William uh, Williams, uh, pre-off-field uh, incident, crosses the ball into the box, Bolaños, uh chest the ball one time to bola. I mean to Chichera, who nails it on a volley. That was a fantastic beauty. goal. Beauty. And I was in San Diego at the time, and I was in the in the room watching it. And all of a sudden, I got a, bit, a big cheer, and everybody was wondering what the hell happened there. Um, number four, uh, Hurtado versus Sporting against Sporting oh, yeah. uh, on the road this time. What a goal! The flick. It was Harvey that sent that ball in there. And then people, a lot of people say that uh, yeah. Hurtado fluked out there, but uh, no. I don't think. You know, goal fluked. machine to goal yeah. machine. <laughs> exactly. Number three, uh, another massive win that nobody was expecting for nothing in Dallas. M- Nicholas Mesita's goal. It was oh, a bicycle, bicycle yeah. kick from a tight angle. The Gonzalez kind of bungled that a little bit. And it would be higher, but it was because it was the fourth goal of a four-goal game. It was not the prominence of the goal didn't have no gravitas.
10: It
2: was it wasn't like Bless Perez's bicycle kick yeah, winner,
3: yeah. A winner exactly. Number two, Kristen Chichera, uh, second time he's on here um, versus San Jose in the playoff game. That free kick, perfect shot right in the top corner there's no way the keeper is going to get that also important because they got it was a second goal it was the turning that, point yeah it was a second goal it was they were able to do something with that uh number oh also honorable mention to Tcherer to cuz he did that kind of against um i think it was Dallas uh if i'm not mistaken uh yeah Dallas uh, earlier in the year in the 1-1 draw but the thing about that goal was he didn't uh, it wasn't, it wasn't in, the in the top corner it yeah. was kind of lower number 1 Jordi Reyna. Against Houston, picks up the ball on a turnover uh, just outside the box on the left side, curls it past the keeper into the uh, top right hand corner of the other side net. So those are my top five. Your guys' thoughts? I was a little
2: surprised you didn't have at least an honorable mention for her Jordy's Bullet header versus Man City Light. It's still a header. No, but it was like sort of diving. It was a match winner. Yeah. That would be one of the, if I would have more
1: wonderful mentions, then definitely that would be It was a blind
2: cross from Bernie. Like, I'm just going to put it in there.
1: Freddie Montero's goal line touch in from Tim Parker. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've talked about it so much. It has to be really, really right up there.
2: Tim Parker goal of the year? Yeah.
1: I I don't I honestly would need to watch them again. I can. I know. Put me in the spot, man. It's like I wasn't expecting this.
2: It's not like you've seen them all.
1: I I forget things immediately. That's why it's a flash five. Yeah. Uh, you're not like expecting. That, that was it. good. That was yeah, good. No, it was very good. And I I liked the music. Not got much more for this section, but just want to throw this out to our listeners. We're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail in next week, maybe weeks to come. Number of clubs are releasing players just now. Still a lot still to get released. If there's anybody that's been released that really grabs your attention, send us a, a tweet at AFTN Canada, and we'll kind of talk about it in, in future shows. But from initially, from what you've seen, is there anyone that interests you guys?
2: I know, or we're, are we not going to even
1: look at? I didn't even look at it. Anyways. His team, his know. team
2: hasn't announced yet, but I'm sure, like I am, a hundred percent positive that you are interested in the same player. You're interested every yep. year. Will Bruin. Will, Will Bruin. Will Bruin.
3: Has he been released? No, he will be. Still, he, no, he's not. Gonna, is, he, is he really? Gonna be oh,
1: released? he'll he'll get released for a Freddy coming. <laughs>
3: They'll
1: just do a switch. But yeah, if, if if you do see anyone that's released that you think the White Cat should do, get in touch with us, and we will talk about that in in weeks to come. But we're just going to round out this part by going back to good old David Ousted. and we haven't had a chance to do a proper take me out section with him. So I had a chat with him. I think it was actually back in 2016 (laughs) um, About his favourite places to eat in Vancouver For something that was doing for Vancouver, Vancouver tourism So we thought we would make this A departing David Ousted. Take
2: me out From the vault
8: Take me out
1: For eating out um, yeah. have you any places like say three places that you'd really recommend
6: that you really I'd, really love um, I'll stay I'll stay in the north like there's a ton of good restaurants downtown uh, there's uh, there's almost too many to, to, to get to eat uh, at all of them uh, but uh, if you stay on the north shore there's a great little uh, breakfast place that's called Tomahawk uh, in, oh. in, in north Vancouver which is a uh, don't, don't tell our nutritionist this but they have pancakes. <laughs> uh, I suppose
1: the nutritionist here and she was telling me all oh, the no-no's but pancakes wasn't on it she oh it's good, good. it's good fried chicken she said it was the best yeah. one <laughs>
6: uh, no that, that's a great little breakfast spot there's um, also on the north shore just off of uh, it's on Welsh Avenue actually a little um, taco shop which is uh, I think it's on Canby as well I think it's called La Taqueria oh um, yeah yeah at, that's over in Northland and that's just it's fantastic tacos one place I haven't gone to actually eat, which I really want, is the uh, uh, top of uh, of Grass Mountain. Um, I heard it was, it was it was really good food as well, so that's uh, that would be probably uh, a breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner uh, day for me.
1: That's great. Thank you so much for doing that, Ed.
9: Sharp went to the shop mama, went to the shop, mama, the, mama, hey, hey, I take away.
4: Hey, hey. Woo, woo, woo. Hey, hey, I take away. Hey, hey. Woo, woo, woo. hi i'm carl valentine you're listening to the aftn podcast
1: Welcome back. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. Talking of UBC, heartbreaking loss for them today on penalties. They lost a penalty shootout 3-0. That takes some doing. Yeah, but heartwarming for the team that won. Yes, who's another BC team, and they were the underdogs, and I, I... Can't begrudge them that. Won their first ever U Sport Nationals medal. A bronze. Thompson Rivers Wolfpack. Oh! Mitch Popadainitz, TSS Rover. He plays for them. So, well done Mitch and the rest of the guys. Ryan Glanville in his last ever game. Alan Connor, the goalkeeper, in his last ever college game. Saving two penalties. But, UBC's penalties were... Atrocious. They they really were.
3: Clearly, they don't practice it. They do the uh, Martino way of not practicing the penalties. It looked
1: that way. So, at least there was a bronze for BC. In the CCAA, it was an all BC final. VIU Mariners beat Douglas College. So, 1 0 win for them. Hosts, good luck to them. Congratulations. SFU sadly crashed out in the, the playoffs to an 86th or 88th minute goal. Down in San Diego, your favourite place, Steve. Yep. Um, It is.
3: It's a great place in America.
1: Heartbreaking loss, especially because they should have had a penalty. Guy was brought down the box and typical American bias. Gives a free kick right on the line as close as possible as it could have been to to a penalty. But the college college stuff is all over. You can read all the headlines about that on bcsoccerweb.com. And that brings us nicely to BC Soccer Web headlines.
2: Our favourite dancing moment of the evening.
1: Yeah. BCSoccerWeb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news and links. What's been catching your eye this week,
3: Steve? Oh, quite a lot. Actually, maybe a little bit too much this week. (laughs) It seems like that even though the season's over, that it never ends. And there's always headlines going on in the world. Um, I'm going to bring up a few uh, quick things that are more um, long articles, long related articles that are really good reads. On Monday, the Guardian brought out an article about the, how the FBI won the World Cup of fraud. They're they're really cracking down on a whole bunch of people, including three people more from South America that are in in in, in the, having their day in court. Um, Tip of the iceberg. Exactly. Um, An article from ESPN, Life Pints Glory at the Oldest Soccer Tournament You've Never Heard of. Um, A really fun article there. Um, uh, The 442 brought a curious case of the Aztec, how floodwaters and MLS ambitions overwhelmed an Austin soccer brand. I think it was a lot to do with what happened to him before, um, last time when they they got their team taken away. You talked about it last week. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Guardian, another article: "From Raúl to Ruin: The Rise and Fall of the NASL." Once MLS's challenger, <laughs> um, I, I, I think they overshot it a little bit yeah. uh, with their analysis, but uh, it's still a good read. Um, some quick hits: Ever banned for the rest of the season by UEFA, and after the rest, I think, surprise. No, rest of the season, okay. rest of the season, he's and also
1: been released by his
3: club because there was no point in keeping him at that point. They had they're not going to pay somebody because they're banned and something they did like they did. Another one that you guys might want to talk about, a USL president commented to Steve Sander of the 11.ca about this, this, Canada needing its own league. Well, this, he didn't comment to Steve Sander. It was a conference call. Oh, it was a comment. Call. Yeah, conference call, sorry. Which, if you are a subscriber
1: to the AFTN Extra podcast, there's still extra time, you will be hearing that whole conference call this week as we put out one of at least two podcast this month because unfortunately we didn't have time to put one out last month so you're going to get a double
3: makeup this month and and obviously it probably so. won't be as boring as those nasl uh, oh no
2: <laughs> the, the article is uh, that's significant in, in terms of football in canada because what came out of it was the fact that ottawa is on a year by year basis in the USL. Yes, L, which is, I was very surprised which, by that. Which is the opposite of what we've always been told—that you have to make a three-year commitment, and if you break that, the 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 dollar amount that goes with that is is very significant. So this is great news. It does for, make you wonder though what
1: else you hear is actually accurate. Just in general, yeah. North American football just seems so
3: shady at times.
2: Yeah. So, but it's great news for the Canadian Premier League that Ottawa, whenever yes. whenever it's going to start, Ottawa can be a part of it.
3: Okay, and as Jason Statham says... If if they want to be there.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do.
3: As Jason Statham had said, um, uh, Z Germans, um, sack video ref chief as VAR system shrouded in controversy again. This is... I don't know know how much this has to do with VAR or the fact that they felt like he was influencing (laughs) matches, but they feel like it might be scrapped during the winter break, which would be huge news in there because UEFA and uh, FIFA, they want to have it full-time, like in their... uh, Especially FIFA, he, they're looking to have it full time in their in the world cup itself
2: it, it, it's it's concerning it, that things have been gotten wrong with var and it's happened well, in yeah, germany
1: because it, it's meant to yeah, eliminate correct. all yeah. human error and it's
2: only as good as the
1: person that's watching it yes I guess. it's
2: happened in germany it's happened i believe in italy it, we've seen it in mls mm. uh, it's almost like the the game is open to a different Form of corruption Or a different form of influence And yeah. so it's unfortunate I really hope I, really, I really like, hope There's a way forward
3: That's why I think That they should have One person Do all Like one group of people Like maybe four or five people In one room Doing all the games Us. Yeah, oh, we, we'd be... be totally
2: unbiased. Oh, totally. Well, they know they, they they do that in Germany. Oh, do they? It's in Cologne. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah still so not working. MLS is yeah, it's not <laughs> unbiased. MLS does have someone I believe in New York watching, but they yeah. also have someone in the stadium. Oh, I know that.
3: That's they, the person who's watching this. Yeah, yeah. There's
2: two guys watching in the stadium, and they're behind 20.
3: We talked to the head guy.
2: Yeah. 201 to 204 in at at, at uh, BC Place. They're behind. there watching. One of the guys is a guy who works for, Or has worked for in the CSA in the past.
3: Yeah. Okay. And then uh, another piece in, from Hong Kong. Um, they were kind of warning uh, uh, Hong Kong uh, uh, supporters that not to boo the Chinese national anthem. Yeah, it didn't work out because on no. Thursday they booed. Yeah, yeah. So when you tell somebody not to do something, they're going to do it. Exactly. In Greece, Greek soccer officials stand out for match fixing. This is up to twenty-eight owners slash businessmen uh, that look like they're going to be charged. I think, including the Nottingham Forest owner. I think he's involved in it somewhere. Um, I read that in another article somewhere else. Um, another FIFA, UEFA kind of thing. They're talking about exp- global expansion of the Nations League, uh, which will it replace uh, international friendlies. Kind yeah. of, they're making it more of a competition. What I, do you guys think? Do you think that's? I don't you're... mind that because I hate friendlies. But you also don't want to put more stress on players too, because that's more competition for them, where yeah. they'll be playing for stuff.
1: I mean that that was in all seriousness one of the reasons I didn't go to the US Canada game on Thursday I just have very little time for for friendlies in in general but
2: you look at this this friendly series today and and this past Thursday it was really meaningful Canada had uh, at least three new players that played for the first time uh if 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 my memory serves me correctly there was our debuts um and they had six today was it six today?
3: Six teenagers, basically, were playing.
2: What was the game? Yeah. I, I, They weren't not, all making the Not,
3: not, not all making the but they were in the lineup at one right, point. I think another. there
2: was at least three making the interview. Anyways, sure. the football was was really good here on Thursday. Today, it was less so, if you're Canadian. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> um, by the scoreline, yeah. No, but having watched the game, oh, it man. was not – it, it was very – they were lacking chances, <laughs> lacking ability going forward. It. it looked a little bit more like uh, – let's direct more let's call it transitional football. Yeah.
1: Well, right, genuine question. Now, this might surprise you guys. I'm not Canadian. So, just to throw this out to you, Mike Martinago said, "Can you really consider the US-Canada a rivalry when Canada hasn't won since 2001, 33 34 games and counting?" Yes.
3: It it is a it's not a rivalry in the case that is obviously on the same playing level. But it is a rivalry in that they're next to each other. Yeah, look, it's look, a job. Look, jer- look, they could be different rivals. Look
2: within your own country. Yeah, and, and even now, with the f- the form and the shape that Rangers is in, and Celtic has since their return to the top flight has hammered true, hammered, true, hammered the no, most it's games, still a, a and it's still a massive but you, rivalry. You
1: have to, th- you have to think. Mike Martinez is American now, so
3: th- that's probably why. <laughs> Okay, and uh, FIFA, uh, Pro, sorry, uh, kind of made news where they kind of uh, dropped a bid to end the transfer system. Um, they, it's, it's nothing in the concrete, nothing they really announced, but they will be working on it over the next year, six, six years, they say. They, at least they have a six-year agreement. Um, World Cup, a big kind of news uh, concerning Qatar. Uh, first of all, there was a, a report by an internal FIFA group that they urged to strengthen workers' rights in Russia and Qatar and then there was a uh, uh there were some uh reports leaked and reported about that their u a e uh which is the united Arab Emirates is planning to use financial warfare to undermine qatar's twenty two well, twenty two and we've talked about that
2: in the past yeah. right with what's been going on with the blockade and the you know yeah. it's crazy this whole this whole rights thing like why is this why are they like this should this you should have been talking about this at the beginning. Yeah. Or or places should have been disqualified if they knew that they were going to use. Exactly. Yeah. And then
3: uh, obviously FIFA's also trying to fix that whole voting system too because they're saying that they're not going to have secret voting. They're going to publish who votes for who for the 2026 World Cup. So that gives everybody a little bit of hope. Um,
2: getting to MLS. So we'll all see who votes for Canada.
3: Exactly. Uh, MLS, um, they're giving, um, there was a couple of expansion updates. First of all, Nashville gets um, approved for that two hundred seventy-five million dollars stadium. It's by a wide margin. Um, Cincinnati is looking to build, also to looking to build a soccer-specific stadium because they feel that Nashville is kind of moving ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. I've
1: seen some of the plans for that. I spoke to Alan Crouch yeah. about it a few months back as well. He says they're
3: fantastic. Yeah, Amelis also gave an update on the Beckham's for Miami franchise. Um, essentially he he was able to buy a three more acres that kind of gives him the land that he needs to build a stadium oh posh <laughs> A couple of quick hits on um, MLS uh, from the, the the site itself. Uh, there was a report that Atlanta turned down eight-figure offers for Almiran and Martinez. Well,
2: it's interesting to hear these amounts come out. because yeah, 20 the,
3: to 25 yeah, for Almiran and then 10 million for
2: Martinez. So, because it was this was mentioned in the summer that they got offers and turned them down, I think. Yeah. And so did Dal- Dallas had offers for yep. players and stuff. Uh, it ma- makes you ask the question, what is, what is the limit, right? If you get an offer for a player and it's really good when when can you say no obviously atlanta said no dallas had said no but i think that's an important question for people to be asking yeah i mean to turn down 20
1: to 25 million is massive for for a team like atlanta they obviously have high hopes of of spending even more obviously next year to try and really go for it
2: or tata thinks he'll be able to get more for him in a year from now yeah uh, or- maybe and then uh, NASL news,
3: they obviously, we talked about the ruling that they got denied. They are looking to appeal that ruling, and uh, yeah. they're hoping that, and I don't see it happening, I, but they're going to a place where a court that has dealt with a lot of sports rulings in the past. So U.S. Soccer Presidency, have got a couple of new <laughs> candidates, uh, Kyle Martino he follows me um, uh, so uh, i'm uh, he's got my vote <laughs> even though i can't vote uh, he's he's taken it very from... easily won yeah if you if follow me you get FIFA my vote
1: voting. Um, that's not fraudulent
3: that? he's not paying me i'm just i'm just saying he, he he follows me i'm going to vote for him okay i i'm sorry for bers- bespurching your good name um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, NBC, like, he's gonna run for a soccer president when he tweeted that out. I thought it was a joke or something, but I wasn't 100% sure. But he was, he's very serious about it. Well, like, you send him a DM, get him on the show. I should, yeah. Um, another one who is kind of like similar to Galati. So, this, this kind of if this guy runs, maybe Galati's not gonna run. Uh, Carlos uh, Cordero, and they, they both of them will join. Uh, Steve Gans, the Massachusetts uh, lawyer, uh, Paul Lapointe, Eric Winalda, everybody knows him—and yep. so and nobody knows about Galati. He hasn't announced anything yet. You
2: saw Winalda's free kick goal, right? And in, in, in uh, '94, Did you uh, were—you not at the, were you now, U.S. Switzerland? Oh, I was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, but he gets my fault. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there yeah. you go. There we go. And as usual, we're going to end this headlines
3: with um, the Columbus City, uh, Columbus. Sorry, Columbus itself. Columbus Crew. Whether they're going to move cities. Um, the city leaders uh, and uh, Columbus uh, supporter group are looking to meet with the owner and MLS commissioner next week. It's going to be in New York. So it's not even going to be in the Columbus. They're going to make them travel to New York. Um, It's going to be November 15th. They're going to meet. And then, there was another article uh, from Austin about the council uh, in Austin welcoming yes. the idea of a Major League Soccer. I, I
1: read there's a journalist there that was tweeting out how that council meeting went. They're so clueless. They do not understand yeah. soccer. Yeah, They no. just think, oh, this is a chance to bring something to our city. Yeah, uh, It was embarrassing reading the, some of the, the proposals that were put forward in motions.
2: One of the many infuriating things about the whole Columbus situation is when you read that first article you mentioned there, Steve. Is that this is not a city where no one wants the team there? No, yeah. there's literally people willing to buy the team to keep it there, and the Precourt wants to move it because he this, wants to move it.
3: This thinks, of, and they, I think it was me, maybe somebody mentioned it on Twitter or something. This was same thing as what happened to NBA teams, uh, Grizzlies in Vancouver and the Sonics in Seattle. T- owners came in there acting like they were, into, were looking to keep the team there, and they eventually moved them to wherever they could move them. Yeah. So a
1: great range of headlines there. One thing which we didn't mention, but want to give a big shout out for some Canadian success. NASL, Mark DeSantos, love him or hate him, he has taken teams, three different teams, to three championships over three three seasons. He's done a fantastic coaching job. San Francisco Deltas won the NASL Soccer Bowl today. (laughs) Could be the last game they ever play. Could be the last game that the league ever has, but well done, Deltas. And you mentioned there's four
3: Canadians on the team, right?
1: There was five Canadians altogether played in the final today. Yeah. And Mark DeSantis as head coach.
2: Unbelievable.
1: I always support my San Francisco teams. Big 49ers fan. I'm a member of San Francisco City USL PDL team. So, wish the dealt as well, but it's not looking good for <laughs> me. Anyway, just before we finish this week's show, it's time for this week's wavelength. Have I got a toe-tapper for you tonight? This goes back to 1998. It's a, a band called The George Squares, also known as Michael Derrick, the lead singer of Prolapse. I'm, I'm sure you all, all recognise the vocals whip when you hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a, a song about Scotland world cups and it's called 74 to 98 easy
3: easy and i just want to mention that um, the best part of this is that it's under three minutes yes i think everyone (laughs) will agree
9: i was living in a world of make believe when my best friend wrote and told me that there would be a game in paris city first time I ever seen Scotland play was in a World Cup final. Hamden 92 or 93 on our 16s, Scotland versus UAE. I'd been with my brother the week of 40 to watch the Brazilian boy take some terrible drubbing to some third world country at one part. But this was a World Cup final. We were way my dad in the Rangers end. Half my hometown were there. The whole of Hamden was tarting and there was a buzz in the air. At half time we were two nil up. We're going to win the world Cup. With Paul Mix Day, it scored a cracker. A total one million yarder. Half the bar and into the corner. Once mere, the trail was longer. Our entrance was always coming. A few boys, we sampled a woman. Their first goal was a fluke. I called the last of my pie and gave my dad a reassuring look We were still winning, one goal wouldn't they stop handing for singing Neither would their second, our boys were tiring and my Bobro was called But we weren't going to get up fifteen minutes for lifting the World Cup The game was decided in penalties and I decided for what must have been the fourth or fifth time in my life Never to watch Scotland play again
2: Easy, easy there, there was unified clapping yeah. in the studio
1: Yeah, I told you it was a toe tapper Fantastic song, the George Squares there From hands. a 1998 split single You can also get it on an album that was released this year The Sexy World of Mr. Michael Derrick It's available on cassette or as download £5 pounds gets you the cassette and the download £3.50 gets you the download Check that out on Bandcamp that is the best track on of the whole fifteen. Just to let everyone know. Anyway, that is pretty much it for, for this week's show. We'll be back with more songs about football violence next week. But until then, <laughs> Zach, let
3: everyone know where they can find you online.
2: Uh on the Twitter. I am at Zachary AM and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective.
3: And you can find me on Twitter at Whitecaps
1: Beat. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers AFTN.ca, also the White Cat's beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Check out our YouTube channel. YouTube.com backslash AFTN Canada. Until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and mon whatever team you can find playing in a public park this weekend.